Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. I heard from the master and I got a request. Gonna build an altar and have a contest. Built an altar out of many stones. Mighty many fell, began to moan to cry bell. Four fast in the fire from on high. Well, from morning till evening they did cry. Tried to bring the fire down from the sky. Then allowed to call on the bleeding land. Rose of Sharon, the God on high. It was Mary's baby, the morning star. God stirred the altar with a burning fire. God said he would send down the fire. Said he would send it down to Elijah. Said he would set the altar on fire. Did he say, well, did he say? Well, God said he would send down the fire. Said he would send it down to Elijah. Said he would set the altar on fire. Did he say, well, did he say? Elijah said, stop, let me show you a man, man of God that you ought to know. I heard from the master and I got a request, build an altar and have the contest. Built an altar out of many stones, mighty men that fell, began to moan, the cloud fell. Oh, send the fire from on high, well, from morning to evening, they did cry, trying to bring the fire down from the sky, and Elijah called on the bleeding land. The rose of Sharon, the God on high. It was Mary's baby, the morning star. God stirred the altar with a burning fire. God said he would send down the fire. Said he would send it down to Elijah. Said he would set the altar on fire. Didn't he say, well, didn't he say? Well, God said he would send down the fire. Said he would send it down to Elijah. Said he would set the altar on fire. Didn't he say, well, didn't he say? Such a good spirit here this evening, really is, really is. Good to see everyone that's here. I one time preached for Brother Richard Crane, and Brother Crane had me to come down and preach a Saturday and Sunday for him several years ago at Morristown. Sunday morning, I didn't know what I was in for. At 9 o'clock, he said, you'll preach on the radio from 9 to 9.30. At 10 o'clock, you'll teach Sunday school until 10 till 11. Then you'll preach at 11 o'clock. Then after that, we'll run and grab a sandwich, and then we'll go to the nursing home, and you'll preach there. Then after we leave the nursing home, we'll go to the jail, and you'll preach there. Then after that, maybe you can get a little rest and come back and preach for us again tonight. Six times that day. Right now, Brother Mac, I'm halfway there. It's my third time preaching today. It was over at Keene Mountain. Good to see our friends from Keene Mountain here this evening. And it's good to, uh, uh, I'd like to meet this sister after church, your mother, McClanahan. I had a teacher named McClanahan. She was my favorite teacher. 
and uh, don't really hear that name a lot, but maybe y'all are connected somehow. Anyways, I pray the Lord will help us tonight. I know God's here in a very special way. Tonight from the book of Genesis is where I'd like to read from, the book of Genesis chapter number nine. Thanks uh, to Brother Philip and Sister Carolyn. I love them very much. I love the church here very much at Richlands. Brother Bob, Sister Kathy, Sister Doris, and all of you faithful churchgoers here at the Tabernacle. It's been some year, hasn't it? It's been some year. I, I never imagined that we would go into this year. Here we are just five and a half months or so into this new year without some that was with us at this time last year. But I... I pray, really, folks, this evening, I, I want to help you. I really want to help you in some way, shape, or form. And if I did not come down here tonight, I might have planned on coming back soon to preach this uh, to you because I really, whenever I studied this out and looked at this, I really felt impressed to preach it here. Uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse number 28. And Noah lived, and Noah lived after the flood 350 years. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. I'd like to preach tonight, if God would help me, on living in the after, living in the the after. Time is our most valuable resource that we could ever be granted. Time that has not been used very wisely until the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis. God begins to tell us what was going on really in Genesis chapter 6. He talks about the wickedness that has come up before him. And God even repented that he had made man and now he seeks to destroy the man that he had made the wickedness that had become so great God even says about this he says my spirit will not always strive with man there will be a time of pulling back where my spirit no longer deals with men any longer but the Bible introduces us to a man in that sixth chapter by the name of Noah it was this man Noah the Bible says but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord at 500 years of age Noah goes on a search knowing the time was running out and knowing that the days were soon to pass into the darkness Noah goes on a search and finds the grace of God in tempestuous and turmoilish times. Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. And if, if Noah was here this evening, if we could, if we could interview this man Noah, we would, we would find, uh, Noah, Noah, what's your age? Noah would say, I'm 500 years old. Noah, what is your occupation? I'm a preacher of God's word. Noah, how long have you been preaching? I've been preaching 120 years. Well, Noah, uh, 
Uh, after 120 years of preaching, I, I'm sure you've preached a lot of memorable sermons. How many sermons, Noah, do you think that you have really preached in these 120 years? Noah said, just one? You mean one at a time, right, Noah? No, I mean just one sermon. You mean to tell me, Noah, that you've preached 120 years and only preached one message? If that was the only message you preached, then what was it that was so fascinating about this message? What was the title of your sermon, Noah? Noah would shout back, Children, get ready, it's fixing to rain. Noah, you don't know what you're talking about. It's never rained before. Noah says 120 years. 120 years have passed and I've been out with hammer and with nail. Moved with fear, the Bible says. Noah built an ark for the saving of his house. Do you know why this evening on the birthday of the church at Pentecost... 50 days after that Passover afternoon, while they gathered in the upper room, there the Lord created this ark that we have been riding on for the last 2,000 years. And I tell you, just as Noah rode the ark through the storm, so must we ride the church through the storm. Because at the end, when the flood waters subside and the rain is gone, the church will still be standing on top. Praise God. Noah begins to preach and like it's been mentioned before, the longest altar call in all the Bible. 120 years. Children, get ready. It's fixing to rain. Children, get ready. It's fixing to rain. Finally, the day did come. The moment did arrive. As people were planting vineyards, tearing down barns, building greater barns why they built their homes, why they built their portfolios. The rain began to come. And then they came knocking on the door of that old ark. But it was too late because now the ministry of Noah after 120 years, as God shut the door, the judgment begins. Now I want you to notice some things tonight about this ark. The Bible tells us that, that God controls the door of this ark. The Bible even says whenever it came time for the rain to fall and those waters to burst forth out of the earth, that God said unto Noah, Come thou and all thine house into the ark. God does not say go into the ark. If God would have said go into the ark, then that would have meant that God was not present there in the ark. But because the Lord said come into the ark, I'm here waiting on you, Noah. Bring your household together hand in hand and walk into my presence. 
Noah gets on board that ark, not knowing what the future was about to hold for this man that was ready to take the longest boat ride in the history of the Bible for 40 days and 40 nights. The rain came from above. The rain came from beneath. And Noah and his family was experiencing the mother of all storms. They say about this flood of Noah 4,400 years ago. This flood that would reshape the continents. That would carve out the canyons. That would flood the peaks of the mountains. Even on Mount Everest. Now I want you to understand this. This is, this is how we know. I, I believe the word of God on things. Don't you? The Bible tells us that this flood covered the whole earth. Even on Mount Everest which stands five miles above sea level. That they have found clamshells on the top of Mount Everest. 450 miles away from the nearest beach. There was water up there at one point. I tell you, this storm that Noah was in was unlike anything that anyone would ever experience. The flood that was over the entire globe would take three times more water than all of the oceans combined. This storm would offer no hiding place. This storm would offer no consolation of safety, of peace, and of quiet. There was rain falling every day for 40 days. Rain continuously. They say that since the flood, that the most recorded days of continual rainfall was a few years back in Seattle, Washington. They said that there was continual raindrops falling for 31 days. One of the newspaper men interviewed one of the, one of the uh, Seattle uh, uh, inhabitants and said, what do you think about this tremendous amount of rainfall that's been going on in Seattle? He said, put this word in your paper and this word only. Miserable. If I could say one word to describe what we've had to endure, it's been miserable. I mean bad news after more bad news. Thunder and lightning that roll all around us. Will the sun ever shine again? Will there ever be another morning? Will there ever be another dawning of another day? I mean no was in the experience of a lifetime and I've come to preach to people tonight that you have endured the experiences only of a lifetime where the storm is more than anyone should ever have to bear where the thunder, the lightning the continual pounding of water against your ship is more than you 
ever asked for. I'm telling you, uh, there's people with storms. And it worries me because sometimes the storm becomes so devastating that while we're in the midst of it, all we can think about is, my God, how bad is the damage really going to be when things break loose? It's the torment, the uncertainty of what the storm is doing to your household. It's the torment of what the flood is wrecking in your world. Noah, it was bad. Yes, it was. For the flood waters to rise five miles above sea level, even some commentators would say at least four or five hundred feet across the summit of Mount Everest. Five miles of water, and you think it's more than you can bear, and you'll be buried in this. I want you to know. That even though the flood waters might have risen five miles above the globe, Noah and his church rose higher than the flood waters were rising. Hallelujah. Now, I feel the Lord helping me tonight, and I'm running out of time. I'm not going to preach long, but I've come to tell you, the floodwaters have been at the Richlands Tabernacle. I never dreamed in all my life. A year ago, next two weeks, year ago, next week, whenever I came out here, and God gave us revival like that, I never dreamed I'd come back a year later, and I would have tears in my eyes. We miss those that's gone on. I don't understand it. It feels like the flood has nearly taken everything. But listen, look around. We're still here. Noah, look around. You're still breathing. Noah, look around. We're still alive. And this thing is still afloat. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God. I tell you, the experience in the storm is awful. It's terrible to go through 40 days of continual rain and thunder. But I don't think that was the worst. You see, Noah wasn't just on that ark for 40 days. He was on that ark for 150 days. It just rained 40 days and 40 nights. Sometimes the storm is so great, the after effects are worse than the storm that rained upon us. Oh God, oh God. Seemed like that Brother Randall would be standing right over here. See, I, I don't want to get into all this tonight. You understand what I'm saying right now. I, I mean, it, see, it seems like, it seems like the after effects of this continual flood is worse than what the storm really was. The experience 
inside of this storm was enough to kill somebody. But Noah was inside of an ark that was covered with the presence of God. I said Noah was inside of an ark that took him 120 years to build right down to the very uh, the very dimensions right from the hand of God how to build this ark the equipment that Noah was riding in was not something that was built for comfort the church is something that is not built for the comfort of its passengers but I tell you what it is built for it is built for the future of its passengers praise God it might stink it might be a smelly old ark that we must sit in for a hundred and fifty days but brother and sister it's in this ark that God is the navigator I said God is the navigator of this thing and you will be safe and sound inside the ark the ark had one and a half million square feet of space that's enough for room at the cross for more the ark was three stories tall the father at the bottom the son in the middle and the holy ghost at the top God controlled the door and shut Noah in. But the Bible tells us that the Lord told Noah, Noah, don't put windows on the side of this ark. Put a window on the top of this ark. God did not want Noah to focus on the death and the judgment. I wish you'd help me while I preach. That was surrounding him. But God wanted Noah. Noah if you must look out, then look up. If we must look out, let's look above. There is a great cloud of witnesses that's awaiting on us on the other side. Brother, look up. If we must look around. Oh God, I'm trying... I want to help you tonight. I want to help you tonight. I'm telling you that God knew that Noah would be discouraged. You see, it wasn't just Noah that was inside of the ark, but there was other precious cargo. There was other children. There was his household that was also there. Has our daddy missed it? He's been saying that we ought to get on this ark. I'm wondering if we'll ever get off of this ark. Is this ark going to be a casket for us? Is this ark going to be a prison for us? I mean, they were stuck on that thing. 150 days, Brother Steve. Stuck riding to their own death what they thought. But brother and sister, rest assured, when God is at the helm of the ship, I said when God is the captain of the boat, everything is going to be all right. Glory, glory, 
Glory to God. After 40 days, the rain stopped. But that ain't the end of the story. It ain't just enough for the rain to stop. We've got to make the journey all the way until the very end. I want you to know the storm is ended. You don't believe me. The storm is ended. I honestly believe and I'm preaching to friends here tonight that have dried off their last beads of water. So help me, Brother Aaron, when you got up here a few moments ago, and you was talking about that sword of the Spirit and that shield of faith. I remember coming down here one night, Sister Doris, and Brother Ralph was preaching good on a Sunday night about the church. And he was saying, we have been in a storm. We've been reeling and rocking, but stay with the boat. We're going to make it all the way through. Glory. Oh, come on now, church. Don't you believe this evening that this church is not going to nosedive into the flood. We're going to rise above it all. Rain clouds aren't there anymore. All that's there is clear skies every day. 150 days now, clear skies every day. How bad is the damage going to be? Will God ever open the door that He shut again? I mean, Brother Roger, these feelings of uncertainty. These characters that are ever present in the struggle, in the flood. The questions with no answers. The search for help, but finding none. Only blue skies and water that surrounds. But I tell you what we need to do this evening. Now I know Noah sent out that raven a few times. And that old raven was a type of the flesh. And there's a lot of churches that's rolling with the ravens. I said there's a lot of churches that's rolling with the ravens that's content to feast upon dead rotting flesh. I tell you what we need here this evening. We need the dove to go out. You know what that dove is? That dove's the Holy Ghost. We need that dove to go out and go to places where I am unable to reach. 
I mean to tell you, Noah had to release this dove in an act of obedience and in an act of faith. Maybe this thing can get somewhere where I'm unable to go. The questions that I have, I think this thing's got answers. I think tonight that the Holy Ghost has got everything you need. I think in this building tonight that the dove can go somewhere in the realm of the Spirit where Noah has never went to before. But as this dove is soaring, going through, looking for something, will this thing ever return? Will the revival ever come back? And I ain't here tonight to start another month-long revival. I'm wore out as it is. Three times a day and... Maybe if I go to the jail or the nursing home tonight, I might try to beat my record with Brother Crane. Praise God. But listen, the dove goes where Noah could not go to. And the Holy Ghost can speak to you things. You know what I've come to say tonight? There's an olive branch. I'm preaching tonight on living in the after. And the first, the first prophecy of what the after is. The after says, this storm in this flood is over with. And then the second thing that after says. After says, there's something new that is already growing. know if you're getting this tonight or not but when that dove brought back that olive branch you know what I've come to the Richlands Tabernacle to give you that's endured the storm that's endured riding on the flood waters brother Randy I wish I could preach better but I've come to give you tonight an olive branch there's a new world there's something new there's greater victories in the days ahead you're not going to die here no Noah lived. I said Noah lived. We equate Job in his struggle. But Job lived a good long life after his struggle. We equate Noah with his flood. But the scripture we read tonight says... Noah lived after 300. Something about this olive branch. I've got to wind this down to close. You know what that olive branch says? That olive branch has got fruit on it. Brother Philip, oftentimes we look at the fight that's around us. Instead of looking... At the fruit that's in front of us. We look around at the battles that rage all around us. Instead of picking up this branch and saying, God, I believe there's something new 
that's waiting for me on the other side of this door. Just as there was a call come into the ark, the Bible says, and the ark rested. The call of God said, Go forth of the ark. I wish we could be lively enough to pick up in the realm of the Spirit an olive branch and say, God, I'm going forth into this new dimension in life. I don't know the struggles that I'm going to face tomorrow. I don't know the heartaches that I'm going to face in the days ahead. But I know one thing, that this olive branch is going to produce oil. And from that, I'm going to walk in the anointing of the Lord. And I'm going to live in the after. Richland's Tabernacle, go in this thy strength. Get up and go out of that ark. There's something new that's ahead. There's a new world. There's a new life. There's greater things that are about to be done. Go forth of the ark. Go forth. Go forth. Let me tell you what living in the after looks like. Paul, in Acts chapter 17, failed miserably at Athens. That was the storm and the flood. But in Acts 18 and 1, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. You ever heard of Aquila and Priscilla? They're down there in Corinth waiting on you. You ever heard of First and Second Corinthians? I tell you what living in the after looks like. In First Corinthians 10 and 13, there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful? I tell you what living in the after looks like. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. That's living in the after. I tell you what living in the after looks like. After Samson had just wrought a great victory of the Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. In 15 and 18 of Judges, and he was sore thirst, and called on the Lord and said, Now shall I die for thirst? But God clave a hollow place in the jaw. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again and revived. 
And here's what living in the after looks like. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. I'll tell you what living in the after looks like. In Genesis 45 and 27, when he saw the wagons, the spirit of Jacob revived. Patty Vinsel, those wagons are coming. Those wagons are heading this way. Filled with branches from an olive tree. Filled with new anointings like we've never had before. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this building tonight. We're fixing to pray, but I think God is trying to wake somebody up and tell you, Noah, you're not going to die here. You're going to live. Noah, you don't give up now. You're going to live. Stand with me, stand with me, stand with me. Lift your hands right now. God is here. God, I love you, Lord. after for you sister Dana there's an after for you sister Kevin brother Dwayne there's an after for you over Keen Mountain there's an after this for this church I think whenever Noah came out of that door I think he had an olive branch in his hand. You remember what the first thing was that he did, Brother Roger? He built an altar. You know what the first thing I think Noah put on that altar was? How about you tonight? How about you here in this house tonight? Has the devil lied to you so much to tell you you'll never enjoy another day? You'll never enjoy another sunrise or another sunset. Noah had 350 years of the most beautiful seasons he could ever imagine. The Lord smelled a sweet-smelling savor. I tell you folks, whenever we begin to worship and praises go up and we build altars to God, I tell you what God does. He goes to making promises. God said, I will not again. Best news ever heard in my life. I will not again. Neither will I again smite anymore. There will always be seed time, harvest, cold, heat, summer, and winter, and day and night. I tell you, whenever we build an altar, God starts to make him promises. 
I'm not going to put you through that ever again. And Noah lived after. Come on, saints. This altar is open right now. Let's pray. haven't learned to fly when I feel discouraged Lord won't you run them wagons by when I see the wagons I feel like traveling on when I see the wagons I know I'm a going home I don't want to walk and I haven't learned to fly when I feel discouraged Lord won't run them wagons by that Joseph was still alive. Jacob's heart had faded. Seemed like another lie. When he saw the wagon, he said, I've got a ride. It's enough. He's alive. I'll see him before I die. When I see the wagons, I feel like traveling on. When I see the wagons, I know I'm going home. I don't want to walk, and I haven't learned to fly. When I get discouraged, won't you run them wagons by? When I see the wagons, I feel like traveling on. When I see the wagons, I know I'm going home. I don't want to walk, and I haven't learned to fly. went to the mountain down on his knees sent his servant to the brow said look toward the sea seven times the servant went and on the seventh time he saw a hand in the hand as he down the line oh, oh, when I see the wagon I feel like traveling on when I see the wagon I know I'm going home I don't want to walk, and I haven't learned to fly. When I feel discouraged, won't you run them wagons by? Jacob's son had told him, Joseph is yet alive. Jacob's heart had faded, seemed like another lie. When he saw the wagon, said, I've got a ride. Enough, he's yet alive. I'll see him before I die. Oh, when I see the wagon, I 
feel like traveling on when I see the wagon. I know I'm going home. I don't want to walk. I haven't learned to fly. When I get discouraged, run them wagons by. Put old John in prison. Locked him up secure. John said to Jesus, Are you him for sure? He sent back to John with the message from on high. It arrayed the lambers and left behind their eyes. Oh, when I see the wagon, I feel like traveling on. When I see the wagon, I know I'm going home. I don't want to walk and I haven't learned to fly. When I get discouraged, Run them wagons by. Simeon was a righteous man for Israel. He did side. God said to Simeon, lift up your eyes. When I see the wagons, I feel like traveling on when I see the wagon. No, I'm going home. I don't want to walk, and I haven't learned to fly. When I get discouraged, run them wagons by. Wagons, I feel like traveling on when I see the wagons. I know I'm going home. I don't want to walk and I haven't learned to fly when I get discouraged. Run them wagons by. Calling down Thomas, calling this and that. Like a man from Missouri, he want to know where he's at. When I see the wagon, I feel like traveling on. When I see the wagon, I know I won't be long. I don't have to walk, and I haven't learned to fly. When I get discouraged, run them wagons by. When I see the wagon, when I see the wagon. No, I'm going home. I don't want to walk. I haven't learned to fly when I feel discouraged. You gotta move. 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 When the Lord. Blind, and 
cannot see. You may be helpless as can be. But when the Lord gets ready, you've got to move. You may be rich, you may be poor, but when the Lord 